Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, November 8, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We're happy to welcome Irma K. Sawyer back to our show this evening. She's an author, a spiritual teacher, intuitive counselor, Akashic Records consultant, and energy healing practitioner from Southern California. She's been in professional healing and consulting practice since 1992 and has certifications in Reiki, magnified healing, shamanic healing, intuitive counseling, and Akashic Record consulting. As a natural intuitive, she began giving readings at age 12. Irma Kay spontaneously began channeling the Archangelic Energy Collective in 1996, and then her current guidance team, the Akashic Wisdom Keepers, in 2007. She's the author of six books, including Cosmic Love, Keys to the Path of Light, and the Bright Star Empowerment Series. She's taught classes in energy healing, intuitive counseling, and Akashic Record reading in the U.S. and abroad. She's currently a featured instructor at Inner Balance Wellness Center in New York. Her book, The Aquarian Empath, has been highly rated and popular in empath communities. And as an empath herself, seeking guidance and tools for energy management were an important part of her own journey. She's the author of two online courses available on her website, Empathic Empowerment and Healing from Your Family of Origin and Reclaiming Your Life. Her next online course on Empath Empowerment Level 2 will be available in January of 2017. And her website is Irma K. Sawyer, and that's I-R-M-A, the letter K, Sawyer, S-A-Y, I'm sorry, S-A-W-Y-E-R dot com. And we'd like to thank Vanya and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard this evening for those who may have a comment or question for Irma. If you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow on it. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. If you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power, and you can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please keep in mind that if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order at least two or three months ahead of time. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Hello, Anastasia. Hello, Ariel, Lavendar, everybody. It's great to be back with you today. We have a chance of solar storms today because 
a coronal hole has opened in the sun's atmosphere, and it's spewing a stream of solar wind toward the Earth. So they're telling us that minor G1-class geomagnetic storms are possible late today when a CME is expected to deliver a blow to Earth's magnetic field. Well, they've discovered a massive lake beneath an inactive Bolivian volcano. That's right. Wow. Interesting, guys. A massive reservoir of water has been discovered deep beneath the volcano in the Andes, and, they say, Earth's interior may be dotted with similar wet pockets other, uh, under other major volcanoes. Now, the, expected, uh, the unexpected water... The, had no idea they were going to find it, is mixed up with partially melted magma. And that could help to explain why and how eruptions even happen. And it could be further evidence that our planet has had water circulating within its interior since its creation. My mind went to those old movies about uh, hollow earth and all of that, lakes inside the planet with you know, beautiful forests around it and such. Anyway, I, I'm very imaginative, but it is interesting. I mean, I guess because there's no place for the heat to cause the um, water to evaporate, uh, that I guess it's possible to mix um, magma and water, but must be very interesting to see it. Mm. Anyway, that's that's very fascinating and deeply mysterious. Well, a tornado has struck near Rome, Italy. It uh, happened along the coastal town of Latispoli, and local media reported uh, one person died, two other people were injured. They say that shops and cars and trees also suffered damage. A tornado, mind you. Really? Well, yeah. Uh, further south, way further south, the Canadian military is investigating a mysterious noise in the Arctic region that hunters are saying are scare, is scaring off game. Uh, it's a tiny Arctic hamlet. It's called Igloolik, and uh, hunters say that it's driving all the wildlife away. Now, locals are attributing, some of them anyway, are attributing this ping or hum to a mining company that opened nearby, but maybe even... Uh, sabotaged by Greenpeace, but both have denied anything uh, to do with the phenomenon. Now, although the Arctic has been increasingly opening up to mining operations, to tourism and military exercises, the pinging sound remains unexplained, as does the loss of the wildlife. Speaking of loss of wildlife in the Arctic, uh, within the last two days, 300 seals 2,500 birds and thousands of fish have died around the world. The cause of these deaths is a mystery. No one knows why within the last two days. Oh. Well, in Oklahoma, we had a five-point shallow quake that damaged buildings. In fact, it wasn't just Oklahoma. A neighboring states also felt that strong tremor on Sunday evening. Uh, it struck some maybe 50 miles northeast of Oklahoma City. It was the nearby town of Cushing that uh, reported structural damage and, and power cuts. And uh, we had a 5.9 magnitude earthquake that struck off the Chilean coast. This was early today. And a strong 5.0 magnitude near Taranki, New Zealand. And also, along the Oregon coast, we had, according to the USGS, a 3.8 magnitude quake 
uh, mid last week. People reported that the quake did rattle their homes. It's such a small quake, but they said that it rattled their houses and shook things up. Well, how many of you know anything about the Great Salt Lake? If you've been out west, uh, you would know something about it. If you've been to Utah, certainly you'd know something about it. <clears throat> the Great Salt Lake is the largest water body in the United States after the Great Lakes. It's uh, called a terminal basin. That means that the water that pours into the lake from rivers and streams has no outlet other than evaporation. Now, this allows salts and minerals to concentrate in the lake that is <clears throat> makes it three to five times saltier than the ocean. It's really, really salty and kind of smelly. It's real briny. You can float in it. In fact, it's impossible to sink. And uh, this briny lake is a haven for more than 250 species of migratory birds who eat the shrimp, the brine shrimp, and also the uh, uh, flies that thrive in, on and in the lake. But, you know, uh, for more than 150 years, people have been taking more water out of the Great Salt Lake than is flowing into it. And five years of drought in the American West has contributed to the recent and dramatic drop in the water line. And uh, they say that the lake is now shrinking at an alarming rate. They say that it has shrunk by 48%. And uh, there are pictures on the Internet of this. And they really need that water. I mean, they depend upon that for irrigating crops and so on. So anyway, that volume of water is also depleting. Well, speaking of five-year drought in the American West, uh, they say that significant droughts are already in place over nearly 45% of the contiguous U.S. Hot spots, of course, in California, where the drought is in the sixth year and uh, in the southeast and the northeast. Well, scientists are saying now that with the renewed possibility of a La Nina emerging in the next couple of months, little improvement in the drought is expected. In fact, they said that the, the drought in the southeast is expected to expand and that drought would emerge in the southern plains. And this is according to the seasonal forecasts from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So they're anticipating increased drought and expanding drought for the winter. Of course, that means that people that are in snow areas or uh, areas prone to precipitation may not have a lot of snow. We'll have to wait and see be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, Indian scientists, according to Sputnik, have found out that the Earth has a cracked magnetosphere. They say that Earth's magnetosphere, which is, as you know, an invisible and highly charged layer in the atmosphere that protects us from external radiation from the sun, this uh, magnetosphere was briefly cracked, according to these Indian scientists because they've analyzed a powerful geomagnetic storm from last year that was caused by the sun. Now, the blast was registered in June of 2015 after this huge cloud of plasma released from the sun struck the Earth at a speed of 2.5 million kph. Now, the report came in the uh, uh, periodical called Physical Review Letters and states that the impact of the solar storm caused the Earth's magnetic field uh, to compress, uh, leading to massive geomagnetic atmospheric anomalies. They say that storm effects included the aurora borealis expanding and radio signal interruptions across several continents. Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, they have discovered in Russia, according to Live Science, ancient cave lion cubs. Cave lion cubs. Now, for more than 30,000 years, northern Russia's permafrost has preserved the bodies of animals, mammoths and such. But they've discovered recently uh, the bodies of two furry, wide-pawed cave lion cubs, almost in pristine condition. They're mummified, and they were just about one week old when they died. They say that they were probably crushed inside of a cave. Now, the last known cave lion lived in what was now what is now Alaska about 14,000 years ago. Now, little is known about cave lions, um, making the finding an extraordinary finding, and it tells researchers how these ancient cubs grew in comparison with their modern-day relatives, the jungle lion. So found some 30,000-year-old cave lion cubs mummified in Russia. Well, do you guys like potatoes? Most people like potatoes. Potatoes mashed, yeah. potatoes fried. <laughs> but you name the U.S. It. Department, <clears throat> this is a warning to all of you, <clears throat> the U.S. Department of Agriculture has given its seal of approval to two new strains of genetically engineered potatoes. The potatoes have been engineered to resist the pathogen which was responsible for the Irish potato famine. Now, the potatoes hitting the soil next spring uh, are expected to hit the soil next spring after uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration signed off on the genetically modified potatoes, which were made by Simplot, which is an agribusiness based in Idaho. So, GMO potatoes on the horizon. Plant your gardens. Well, uh, this is a bit of news about the pipeline and... um, Now they have come out with a finding by experts which reveals that the government downplayed uh, the pipeline's impact on the tribe and the water. The government downplayed it. And uh, Standing Rock Sioux Chairman has said that the Army Corps uh, must deny the pipeline crossing easement in light of this brand new review. An independent pipeline expert has concluded that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers' environmental assessment of the Dakota Access Pipeline is insufficient and fails to account for the impact on tribal members, prompting the Standing Rock Sioux to demand that the federal agency revisit its approval of this controversial project. Now, the review was commissioned by the tribe, and it found that the Army's Army Corps of Engineers understated the risk of pipeline failure and related oil release from this pipeline impacting Lake Ohio and the Missouri River. And this is according to a pipeline engineer that participated in this review. Now, Earth Justice, uh, which is representing the Standing Rock Sioux in its litigation against the Army Corps of Engineers, has outlined additional areas of uh, deficiency, such as shoddy pipeline construction, that the risks of landslides were way underestimated, that there was lack of proper safety construction to contain spills, and so on and so forth. So that's very recent. There's the latest on that. And um, Kansas City, this is really, you know, this is, this is really disturbing. Um, 3,000 people, homeless people, uh, go hungry 
after Kansas City forces a charity to destroy food. And every year for the last five years, volunteers with an outfit called Cooker's Care, which is a group of barbecue chefs with, they say, hearts as big as their stomachs, that have worked together to feed thousands of hungry homeless people. However, this year, 3,000 people, homeless people, who were expecting that food, were denied it, thanks to the cold and callous hand of the state of Kansas. Now, every year after the annual food celebrations have finished, volunteers round up thousands of pounds of leftovers from this enormous cook-off and prep them for distribution to the homeless. And every year, this has gone off without a hitch until this year. What happened was that after the volunteers collected the food to be distributed to the homeless, the same food, which was just deemed safe enough to dish out to the cook-off attendees, was then labeled for destruction by Kansas City health inspectors. The article goes on to say that volunteers were devastated because they were forced to destroy perfectly good barbecue by covering it in bleach and then throwing it into a dumpster. Ah. And really that kind of stuff is going on all over the country when it comes to homeless people. Well, this past weekend marked the end of daylight saving time, which offered most of us an extra hour of sleep on Sunday. But the scientists are now saying that those extra winks may come at a high cost. And this is according to a new research paper published in the journal Epidemiology, a very famous journal. Now, the study shows a drastic spike in the diagnosis of depression immediately following the time change. Well, why is that? They say that roughly 1.6 billion people, 1.5 billion people roughly, in about 70 countries observe daylight savings time. Now, in the spring, of course, we push our clocks forward, and in the fall, we put them back. But when we jump back in time, the hour of sunlight that was available um, there, everybody, my computer just refreshed. Hang on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when, we, when we put our clock uh, back... Uh, the, the end of the day is now, the sunlight at the end of the day is now at the beginning. Of course, we all know that they say the goal of that is to make the best use of daylight. Well, it seems that this transition can have a noticeable effect on our psychological health because scientists are saying it messes with our circadian rhythm, our internal clock. And when this clock gets out of sync, it alters the chemicals in our brain, which leads to depression. So... Wasn't there an old advertisement, don't mess with Mother Nature? Yes, there was. That's really an old, old ad. But, yeah. So, you know, when you really think about it, you just stand back and look at all this stuff. We've just gotten so out of touch with nature. So, so out of touch. Well, this is election day. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Everybody has been moaning and groaning about that for, well, Months and months and months, and maybe longer. Well, as, as it has so happened, election chaos has given people fear, and uh, Americans have begin, begun stockpiling survival food. Uh, just in case of an election night doomsday, <laughs> the preppers are running up sales of emergency survival food. Now, while sales for long-term food, uh, they say, typically sees an increase around natural disasters and some elections, uh, uh, people that own these companies are saying that this election is far more intense than ever before. 
they say that uh, sales are tripling, that everybody available is on the phones, and they're overwhelmed with demands for food. And they say that uh, emergency preparedness online reports uh, um, preparedness stores, not a company, different um, retailers for emergency supplies are reporting at least a 6% uptick and higher. So everybody's wanting to get some wheat and some mashed potatoes and dry gravy just in case something goes wrong. (laughs) Well, you guys, how many times was a president elected who did not win the popular vote? Now, I know you're all not really interested in this, but I'm going to share it with you anyway (laughs) because I think it is interesting, and I do think that, well, we'll wait and see what happens. But Okay, so how many times was a president elected who did not win the popular vote? Well, the answer is it's happened four times. Now, the 2000 election was the most recent when the candidate who received the greatest number of electoral votes and thus won the presidency didn't win the popular vote. But this scenario has played out before because in 1824, John Quincy Adams was elected president despite not winning either the popular vote or the electoral vote. Andrew Jackson was the winner in both categories. Andrew Jackson received 38,000 more votes, popular votes, than Adams and beat him in the electoral vote. But despite his victories, Jackson didn't reach the majority that he needed in the Electoral College to be declared president. In fact, neither one of them did. So that decision went to the House of Representatives, which voted Adams into the White House. And in 1876, whoever remembered or thinks about Rutherford B. Hayes, for one thing, his name's too hard to say. But he won the election by the margin of one electoral vote, but he lost the popular vote by more than a quarter of a million ballots. Wow. Does that seem fair to you? And in 1888, Benjamin Harrison received 233 electoral votes to Grover Cleveland's 168, which gave him the presidency, but he lost the popular vote by about 100,000. And in 2000, George Bush declared the winner of the election, became the 43rd president, but he didn't win the popular vote either. Al Gore did. He got about a half a million more votes than Bush, but Bush won the electoral vote, and so Bush was president. So there you go. A little bit of weirdness, imbalance. Who knows what will happen at the end of this night. But I know what's happening out there with all the Starseed listeners. You're all shining and being an example and bringing goodness and hope into this world and bless each and every one of you. From my heart to yours, I want you all to have a beautiful week. Build your strength. Build your light. Be who you are. And thank goodness you're out there because you are goodness. And that's all for me for this week. Ariel, it's going to be a great show. Always is. Yes, yes. We're looking forward to it. And thanks so much for the Starseed News. Interesting things <laughs> developing, isn't it? So um, we will look forward to next week's news. And um, thank you so much. So at this time, um, I am going to um, open up the microphones for Lavendar. And our guest, Irma K. Sawyer. Let me come on, clicker. Okay, all right there. All right, Irma K. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here again. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And Lavendar, you there? I'm here. Okay, great. Take it okay. away. Okay. 
Uh, so so glad to, to have you back with us. I know one of the things that I want to ask you is tell us about this new cosmic weather project that you've been working on. Um, which one? Do you mean my, my classes or, or do you mean my, um, I'm not sure what, which project you mean. Well, I'm not sure either. So just, just tell us anything tell us. that you want to tell us about your okay. cosmic weather. Oh, I know what I could tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Levitar. Hello. <laughs> nice to hear your voice. Oh, great news, uh, by the way, Anastasia. That was very interesting. I knew we had a CME today. I just knew it. Um, well, we are going to be doing um, an 11-11 event, and we usually do them around the Stargate, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there. And um, that, that's going to be really interesting. And another thing to share with you, I wanted to thank you for turning me on to the whole um, star markings thing, because now that I know about those degrees, um, I know that you've shared a little bit about when you go on your trips to Arkansas, when we've got that uh, 26 to 28 of Taurus and Scorpio. Um, so basically, what, looking at that, looking at the 11th through the 19th of this month um, is a really powerful time. So I'm going to be sharing more about that at Cosmic Weather. But that, um, that might be part of it, too, because I was reporting on the, um, the upcoming Stargate period. That's gonna, it's open now, actually, a little bit early, of course, because of the election. Uh, yeah, we need all the light we can get right now. And there's all kinds of good stuff that's been flooding through um, since last night. A lot of beautiful energy hitting the planet. So um, interesting times. I'm actually really excited to be on today, on Election Day. I think it's really, really cool. So thank you. <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of wondered. I thought, well, I wonder how many people will listen to us tonight. Maybe not a whole lot, but a lot of people listen to our archives after it's over. And we mm-hmm. have a lot of uh, listeners in other countries that, you know, they tune into our show. So you'll probably be talking to a lot of people tonight that are overseas and in foreign countries is, oh, is my thought about what's happening great. with our discussion tonight. That's great. And then there's also a lot of people that, you know, want to another want to refocus or they've already voted or, you know, they're kind of wanting a different direction, too. So I, there, I think there's going to be some of those folks, too. But, yes, international people, please <laughs> love to talk to you. That'd be great. I, wa- I wanted to ask you, um, h- how did you know that that you were an indigo starseed and what age were you awakened to all of this? That's a great question, and um, I have to say that I wanted to take a moment and thank you two for your work because I know that for a lot of people like myself, you start getting dribs and drabs, and you you know you get on the internet and you're like, oh, what you know, reading about indigo and taking the test and going, oh, I got nine out of ten of those, and you know, so there was all these little you know kind of following the breadcrumbs. Um, but I think it was, you know, when I really was finally in connection with my star family telepathically and I got, you know, that verification, um, I think it, it, even when I started channeling in 96 with the Archa- you know, Angelic Collective, I wasn't even really aware of what an indigo was, I don't think, at that time. I think it was more getting out there on the Internet, voraciously reading everything I could find. Um, of course, I, you know who I, I said before, I was really influenced by Dolores Cannon's work and that's her book somehow came and, you know, came across my library and it was like, okay, that makes sense. And also I think it was kind of a thing where it all came together because in my healing practice, I do see people of all different ages, but I tend to work with people that are in my same age group, which is the Pluto and Virgo generation. So people that were born in what is it, 1957 and 1972, this is a big part of the group, you know, people I work with. 
So a lot of those folks um, identify as adult indigos and, and share a lot of the same experiences. So I think it was kind of an amalgam of all of those things where like things just started, like little light bulbs started going off and it finally made sense, you know, one so, day. <laughs> so Irma, let me ask you, have you recently tracking this new group that's that's starting to find you, people that are born after 1980, has that group started to knock on your door? Because it's certainly absolutely. knocking on our doors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm having so much fun with those folks. And um, I was just talking about this the other day. I was sharing with somebody that's my around my age. And, and I remember saying it at first because, of course, they have very different karma and very different experiences. And, and I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, here we were the school of hard knocks people, right? <laughs> like going through all this weird karma and all this hard stuff but then it was almost like well every generation has its challenges and has what you know things that they're here to learn and also gifts you know that we're bringing each other so I've really kind of shifted my view on that um, you know not thinking that anybody's got it easier than anybody because we're all you know walking our path but I'm finding these people to be so creative so much fun to work with um, yeah, I'm really, I, I'm seeing quite a, quite an increase with that, actually. I'd say probably in the last year. And another thing I was talking to a practitioner friend of mine, I've had a lot more men, um, you know, awakened men come to my practice for work. Because it really, for years, it was about probably 80 to 90% females. And um, I've had a lot more males, you know, get tuned on to this, turned on to this work. And that's been really cool, too. And yes, I, I was, I'm, I'm yeah. finding a lot more more uh, young men are, are starting to find our website. In fact, one of the things that I, that I see that it's happening is I'll ask somebody, I'll say, well, how did you find us? And they'll say, well, I had a dream about Starseed, and I got up and I Googled it, and there you were. <laughs> how many how people cool. are saying this? They're saying, I mean, exactly the same thing. I had a dream, or it mm. came to my mind, and I Googled it. And so what, what I'm thinking about now is, I was told, you know, many years ago to take my information and, and put it in a bank vault for 25 years, and I couldn't release it until after the kids were born after 1980. Wow. So now I'm seeing that those that I've been holding the information for, for, for they're, they're finding me. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. That's beautiful. That makes, that makes a lot of sense, too, because I remember when I first started channeling, and I've got this energy that they just called starlight. It was a celestial energy and I got some symbols for it. And of course I was doing Reiki at the time and that sat, I had a couple different projects and that was backburnered probably for eight or nine years before somebody showed up that I was told was to be activated to that energy or initiated to it like Reiki, because it was, you know, as Reiki goes, people that practice, you know, are practitioners of that, that work has really evolved a big time between, you know, 92 and now. So I think that's really interesting that you put it in a vault and that's a long time. Yeah. 25 years, you know, I probably had some work that I didn't do anything with for probably nine or 10 years. And it's because the people, they just had to show up, you know. That's right. Started, I, I tell you, it was really hard. From, I'm a Sagittarian with, you know, my <laughs> my mouth sometimes like a torn pocket. So it was really hard for me to keep <laughs> quiet about what I had. And yet I had to do it. I, I had to simply write the information, stick it in a bank vault, and forget about it as much as I could. It was hard. It was really hard, i got to tell you. <laughs> I'm glad you finally told me your son time because I wanted to ask. <laughs> You must have known that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, all my house cusps are 26 degrees all the way around the wheel. I don't have a planet 
with those with those markings, but I have every house cusp. Wow. Yeah. That explains some things. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's pretty so, major. <laughs> our, tell us more about the things that you're wanting to talk to, tonight to our star seeds. Things that maybe you'll be able to uh, explain to them that they've been asking questions about, you know, knowing that they're different, knowing that they're trying to find others like themselves. What are you finding in the way of people waking up and saying, oh, I know that I have contracts with a lot of people that are here on the planet. How am I going to find them? Are you finding that? You know, that there is that. And um, I, I think that it's been my focus, as you know, because I wrote two books for empaths. I, do, I get a lot of information that's geared on, you know, how to help what I call energy management. So I would say when I get people waking up to this, I get a lot of very sensitive people. They're either, you know, uh, identifies highly sensitive or empathic or a combination of the two. So a lot of times I get people that they seem to be pretty aware of that they, you know, that they're tapped into that. But a lot, especially this year, this year has been so challenging with the collective and what's been going on. And I've written a lot about that. And so that I feel like my work um, has really kind of been in that direction. Like how can we kind of hold each other's hands and keep ourselves level and steady uh, with all these big bumps that are going on, because it's been quite a wild ride this year, <laughs> for sure. And um, But at the same time, there's been all these beautiful things. And, you know, I think the nature of a nine-year numerologically, I mean, it's really lived up to that. Because I'm really excited about next year being being the one. And I can really, you know, brand new cycle. And I could really feel that coming in already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pleasure and honor to, every time I connect with another starseed. You know, it kind of, we all, it makes us all a little bit brighter. And, you know, we share, you know, what we've got to share with each other. So it's it's really wonderful work. I just love it. So do you, did you find that the uh, December 2012 activation wasn't so much about the Mayan calendar as it was the activation of starseeds all over the planet? Absolutely. And it was really, really interesting about that because Cosmic was, uh, as a page, existed, you know, started in 2010. And of course, there was all these memes and all these jokes and, you know, the the thing ending and all of that. And and I actually have a a couple of friends that are experts on the calendar and that, you know, because I'm not, I'm certainly not. So I really had some great information, the folks at Mind Calendar Portal and whatnot. And so it was really, I know for a lot of people it was anticlimactic, but for Starseeds and, you know, across the world, it was very subtle, but it was definitely real. And so it seemed like a lot of these activations and a lot of these things, and I know that you've you've seen this too, I'm sure, that there's... um, for example, today, you know, there, there's a whole level of, you know, people upset and drinking and fear. And, and then there's this whole beautiful high, you know, very high level energy, you know, love vibration hitting the planet. So, again, you know, I describe it as turning into different channels like, t- like radio station channels or TV channels. So, yeah, I do think that that was a really interesting time because it, it almost was like when people have so much expectation on something, because I saw a lot of that, right, because we have a, a big people in that, a lot of people in that community. But then um, I remember that very well, and I thought it was beautiful. And there was a lot of really beautiful shifts and things that people reported to me and that were quite different. That, But I always know, you know, we know that it's not going to be this big, you know, smash, boom, bang, huge Hollywood <laughs> Hollywood production that's not how it's going to be you know so I I kind of didn't expect that you know at the get-go but that's a great question because yeah I remember that well and I think that um 
things have been different since then for yeah. Starseeds, for sure, you know, and I think it's more, I, I, what I liked about it is it kind of created that permission, like, okay, I don't have to, you know, like I joke and say, it's like coming out, you know, kind of coming out of the closet as a Starseed in the sense that people felt more safer to go, okay, this is who I am. This is what I identify as. So that was the thing that I saw that was kind of crucial with 2012. With, with and that. I also saw at that same time, the, the ones that are stepping out, they don't have the fear of prosecution uh, or persecution mm-hmm. like had during, the, you know, hundreds of years ago when we were, you know, killed in the Catholic Church in the basement. <laughs> you know, that's really interesting that you say that because um, I've noticed that, too. And when I first started doing Reiki back in the 90s, it was really interesting. I knew I had a kind of a wild ride ahead of me as a teacher because I would, would do I remember I did a Reiki one and people were releasing past life trauma around like the Inquisition, <laughs> you know, in a level one class. And I was like, wow, I better get familiar you know, with, 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 with this you know, one stuff. of the things that, that happened in the Teton meetings this past January, they told us that they were getting ready to do some high bloodline experiments in July at the next Teton meeting, which is July 1 through 7. And, and sure enough, what, they, what happened on the planet in July was they sent back a lot of people from the meetings to different places all over the planet and the activations of bloodlines everywhere was turned to the maximum. It's like turning the dial full blast. And so when we asked, we said, why are you doing that? And they said, we want to see who's standing and who's going to be laying down. Wow. 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 Yeah. (laughs) That explains a lot. Thank you for sharing that. It does. That's what's happening now. Yeah. And with this election... We're oh, certainly yeah. going to see who's standing and who's laying down. Uh, absolutely, that you know, that's a. I'm really glad to kind of have that put into words because you know, you you know, you just know something kind of viscerally, and then you hear it, and you're like, uh huh, yeah. So yeah. Th- yeah. Thank you for that. That's powerful information for sure. And the other thing that I'm noticing is, P, there's some um, frequency in the bloodlines that's rising up and starting to remember some of our leaders and regardless of what they say or what they do like trump okay it's like they're remembering him when he was a pope or when he was a a a a warrior in the knights of the templar or when he was a general when he was in the civil whatever it was that's activating all these people it's like their their bloodlines are activated and their common sense has gone out the window you know, thank you for that, because I knew that there was a karmic element, because I've looked at the charts like like a lot of astrologers have, astrologers have of both candidates, um, So, and there's some very interesting things in both, both of their charts. But, um, yeah, that, that makes sense. That really does, because, it, it, you know, it, it, it kind of makes sense when there's this reason flying out the window, you know, when something like that, you, there's always something like that in play. And again, it's like your your knowledge of this is just wonderful. I just really appreciate it. It's great. Well, Thank you. Well, you know, when when they first started giving me the information about the 25, 26, and 27 degree planets, and I ran with that for three years in their in their in their training, and then many many years later, after that, they came to me and said, "Oh." You know, we put some bloodlines down on the planet, and we put serums in bloodline, and they started training me on how they were inoculating certain bloodlines. In mm-hmm. other words, they took a drop of my blood, 
threw my chart up on the screen, which showed where I was born, what time I was born, and where all the planets were. And I went, what? They said, you have, you have no technology like this on your planet to track this, but we do. That's when I really knew what was happening. I came back. I looked at the ceiling for three days. I said, oh, my God. Not only are they tracking us through the harmonics of the, of the star seeds, um, astrological timing, but it's the bloodlines. They've got the bloodlines coded and ready and running on the planet. Wow. Wow. Almost did me in, Irma. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. I had a feeling there was, like, a lot of stuff. I'm like, you don't put something in a bank vault for 25 years, you know, until the world's ready for it. Um, I just was thinking of, of something I wanted to share with both of you was that, um, you know, going back to my own Starseed reading, which I still am just, Ariel, it's, it's such a beautiful reading, and I've listened to it several times, and there's so many levels and layers of beautiful information in there, so I wanted to thank you again for that. Um, but the, it's so interesting. I did a little personal study of Galactic Center because, as you know, I've got that uh, Mercury conjunct Galactic Center. And there's a lot of other people throughout history that have had that. And not, not all of them have been wonderful people, that's for sure. But it was interesting to see somebody like author Philip K. Dick who um, would go into trance and receive all kinds of, you know, information. And what's interesting about him is he got technology in some of his books that was 20 to 40 years ahead of its, ahead of its time. And what's interesting is he had Sun and Mercury uh, directly conjunct galactic center, whereas I just have Mercury. And looking at the degrees, he has stuff that has to do um, this was some of my own research. There's aspects that have to do with the past, the present, and the future. His um, orientation was primarily geared towards future information, whereas my information is primarily geared to the present, which makes perfect sense about what I bring through. Because when I do forecasts, people will go, well, what's happening next spring? And I honestly go, I don't know. I, I, I do not know. I don't look that far in the future. I'm not particularly that interested in that. My forecasts are always, um, you know, maybe just a few days to a week out. I used to do a monthly forecast, and then that was even kind of out of my comfort zone because it was too far. So I wanted to, sh to share that with you, too. Because that once makes I a lot of sense because yeah. so much is happening at the 11th hour of anything, you know. Mm -hmm. Things change, and it's it's real hard to – to be that predictive now with, with the way that our world is working and these experiments are running at full blast. Mm -hmm. Could you possibly know how to, to go in the future and, and, and pick out a date or a time? Uh, you know what? I, I see what you're saying about, yeah, 11th hour. It is about the 11th hour move. Yeah, and so I wanted to thank you for that, too, because that really opened up a whole course of study for me because I did know a bit about Galactic Center, and I, you know, I kind of knew what it meant astrologically, but um, it, you know, it does make sense with my work because, of course, Mercury is all about communication and ideas and truth, so, and that's always been my focus. And then, of course, Sag, since you're a Sag, you know all about that great stuff, higher ideals and learning and all, all that cool stuff, but you're right about that. I think that's why prophecies fail and I you know I've never really been all that interested in them it's always really powerful once when, when a prophecy is accurate because like you're saying these energies are so in flux all somebody is doing is reading the energy at that time and if they're really able to really get their hands around something like that and it comes to pass now that's impressive <laughs> right that doesn't happen very often because it's just changing all the time so yeah and I also just I we were told during the Teton meetings uh 
especially about two particular experiments that were going to be turned up full blast. One of them was called predestined, and the other was called free will. And they're total opposite of each other. But they're experiments that were laid down on the planet so they could test and see which one they wanted to run further longer. Wow. Wow. Predestined was things that people plan to come and they stay true to their agenda and they and they don't vary, okay? The right. free will experiments were put together so that people could change their mind at any given moment and into the flow of creation. That's fascinating. You know what and this So that's now they've really... got the two two running together simultaneously and they're opposite of each other. They are. <laughs> And, you know, you can really see that playing out. That's really, really interesting. And, you know, especially looking at, I, for example, I've been studying in college. I, I took a class where we're looking at, you know, Ben Franklin and Thomas Paine and, and the rise of deism and, and all that kind of stuff. And at first I was like, oh, this is kind of dry and boring. But it was real interesting to look at the difference between those two movements as opposed to everything's laid down. Or, you know, that those two thoughts, you know, systems of thought were really present at that time when they were, you know, coming to the, to the new world and all of that. So that's, that's really cool. But the one thing I, since we're on this topic, I wanted to run this by you. Um, I've been getting, a, well, some years ago I got turned on to this book and it was one of those ones that stayed on my, my uh, bookcase for a while. And I got it because I liked the space clearing that she did. And it was what is light body that was by Tashira Tashi Ren, and she channeled Uriel, Archangel Uriel, and there's some very powerful information in there. And one of the things that Ariel was talking about was something called enemy patterning. And I was like, what is that? You know, what is that? What is that? And so, I mean, it makes sense that there's, I mean, we could figure it out by the words what it means, but I've been doing some more work uh, with my team and some of this um, advanced Akashic training that I'm doing, I, we've been doing some uh, ancestral clearing. And basically what I got, I got this whole piece just in the last week that actually is clearing, we're clearing this out of the blueprint. We're clearing this, this belief or this, you know, this false, you know, imprint that we took on. And interestingly, I had a person like this in my own family that I had this enemy patterning with in my family of origin. And as you know, I do a lot of work with that. Um, and since I've cleared that, that energy feels very, very different. It feels a lot lighter. And as usual, they have me start with my own stuff because that's, that makes sense, right? right. <laughs> you got to teach, you teach what, you, what you know and what you learn. So that's um, really, really exciting because I would say now how my practice has changed is it kind of ebbs and flows. But I'm getting people now, like I said, that are very awake, that are, are very guided to see me that know what they're, what they're working with. Like we're really um, co-facilitating sessions, which is what I love to do. And I know that that's what you do too with, with your folks. So that's been really, really cool. But it was like, this is interesting. Like we're really clearing out because you're talking about these, these different programs of that people that we took this stuff on at a soul level, there's still a lot to be unraveled about it. Um, but that's, that's beautiful. Like actually going it. this is what I felt feel my life's work is about is getting to the core of this. You know, again, this is very Sagittarius. Um, Ariel said I was, what did she say? She called me a truth filter. And I love that. That is so great because that really is what it's been about for me is filtering out all the stuff that's not true and getting to what is. So it's like now I'm getting down to some really cool stuff and um, I'm super excited to share it with people. 
you know, well, things great. that... great. Now, now, you said you have something special happening on the on November the 11th? I do. We, um, we do monthly events, uh, distant healing events. They're done in people's home in their own uh, time zone, and they are, can find you... It- is this a location where people come to, or do you do this no, on this, the Internet? Yeah, this is online. Actually, they're, they're done offline. We connect before the event, and then we, can, we connect again after. But during the, the actual event, I'm not online. But what I do is I open a group record in the Akashic for our group to travel through. I've been doing these for a couple years now. Um, and they're always really cool and really powerful. But when we do them on, on Stargates, the 1111 is my favorite, of course, because I'm an 11 person. <laughs> That's my birthday, right? 111. But um, the energy of the 1111, and especially this year with all this wonderful Scorpio, with Mer- you know Sun and Mercury and Scorpio. So there's some very deep work that's been going on. The last couple of weeks, so yeah, that's what that's what we're gonna do. Um, people can um, you know go on my website and find out more information. They can email me, and um, we do have uh, this is not a free event, but it's very affordable, and we have a sliding scale for for people that want to attend. So, and that of course would be something that, that your audience would be. This would be right up their alley. So yay. So what state do you live in? Where do you live? What state do you live in? I live in California. I live in the high desert near Joshua Tree. Oh. Okay, I spent a lot of time at Giant Rock. Yeah. Oh, yay! Great place. I had a, I had a. That's basically when I got my instruction to to keep my mouth shut for 25 years. Happened. <laughs> Walk with George Van Tassel in in the sand dunes. That's when it happened. Wow. I mean, I am amazed. You, they should give you a special special purple heart for being a Sag and, and, and keeping that under wraps for 25 years. I want, I want more than a – I want more. Oh, give me you something want, yeah, more yeah, We want heart. lotto winning. I feel Thank like you. I've been wearing we'll the purple it. heart for so long. I want something different now. Give me a crystal heart. I'll take I it. I think a crystal heart and lotto winnings. We'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> now, are you writing any new books now? Actually, I am. Um, well, I'm just writing – I, I know it's going to eventually be a book. Um, I, you know, it doesn't have a title yet. It hasn't really formed because I'm always just kind of bringing things through. Um, but what I've mostly been working on right now, like I said, is it's more of a training manual for the advanced levels of the Akashic training. Um, and next year, I'm just putting this out there. I am going to be traveling and doing some teaching. I'm going to be in upstate New York. Um, and again, people can get on my mailing list for that. I'm actually finally going to be getting out of here and doing a little bit of traveling, which feels good. But yes, um, I've mostly been working with um, level three, four, and five. And what, what this is, is level three is what's called the physical avatar, which is basically the aspect of the being that uh, – the emotional and physical health of the of the being is associated with that's level three level four is ancestral blueprint and what's really exciting is what's coming coming through i haven't received this yet i got part of it the other day but level five is going to be clearing what the keepers have called miasms um or energetic disturbances that actually are past and it's interesting, I looked this up, there's something called miasma in homeopathic medicine, which is a little bit different, but I'd never heard of it before. So this, this kind of stuff, like I said, is what really um, thrills me because my father was a medical doctor and an intuitive. And I've always felt like this is really like, you know, in my blood literally is this healing at this level. So that's kind of what, what I'm working on right now. I'm really excited about it. Well, that's great. Well, when you come out with a new book or anything, you're always welcome to come back on our show and 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 talk to our star seeds about it. Because oh, we really you. want to promote as many people as we can with 
with the star seed information because they're awake and alive and 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 well on the planet and they're trying to find one another these star seeds Absolutely. And I was going to say, too, that star seeds have natural intuitive gifts, as you know. Um, these, these people are an absolute joy to teach. I, you know, when they show up for class, they're already at an understanding level that's literally light years ahead of a lot of other people. So I really encourage people, of course, not just with me, but, you know, to when, when they start discovering their gifts, whether they be hands-on, whether they be spiritual healing, reading, whatever they, you know, form they take, that they pursue more training and more um, education because that's only, you know, that's really going to benefit everybody, not only themselves, but, you know, to see them living their sole purpose. That's, I think, another big part of my work, too, is um, helping people step into their soul mission because I have, like, the soul profile reading, and, you know, that was kind of the first thing I did in the Akashic was, you know, asking the big questions, like, why am I here? <laughs> Literally, what, what, what did I, what's in my agreement, soul agreement that I came here to do? So that's, that's been really cool, and that, that's ties in and you do you guys do that a lot too with the readings that you do in a different way but um i think that's been really interesting and exciting and and beautiful to get you know share that information with people and watch that click but yeah i really encourage people to get to get training in areas that they're drawn to for sure you know one of the one of the things that i have found recently is that a lot of people that set with genetic engineer scientists and plan when they're coming to the planet. Okay, they sat down with all their soul mates and their soul families and they plan it in, in you know so far in advance. I mean, like one will come, you know, 100 years later another will come. I mean, it's it's a whole bloodline uh transfer of energy with with souls. But what I'm finding is that about 50% of those contracts have been canceled. Yes. And a lot of people that have been looking for others that are here on the planet, looking for them, they're not here because something changed for about 50% of the people that made contracts with starseeds. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's really great because I've noticed that a lot when I first started. I did a blog series on soulmates and, of course, I had a humorous one of them was called, oh, oh, you know, it's you again. <laughs> Oh, expletive, it's you again, you know, where we have soul recognition and that a lot of times people would, would get with these people and they'd be, you know, running away or it wouldn't, it would dissolve or, or whatever, you know, these contracts. And also with me and my own family of origin work, this is something I've seen with indigos of a certain age group, but again, it can be across all age groups where, you know, the star seed is born into, you know, is there transmuting negative karma in the family situation? I know that you've seen that in your own work. And there's been a lot of opportunity, on the other hand, for the starseeds to go, okay, I'm not doing this. Like, my contract is over. Like, I, I particularly had a moment when I was 40 years old where I was told very clearly that this one contract that was within my own family of origin was, was null and void. And I still have a relationship with that person. And in fact, it's great, and it's better than it's ever been because we're not fettered with all this junk you know what I mean? So that's, that's really cool. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's going to continue to be important for us to explore as, as teachers and students, both like what, what does this mean for us in our life and our future? And especially for people that have kids, I don't have kids, but I work with a lot of people that do. So that's, yeah. that's really cool that you brought that up because yeah, I'm seeing that 50%. I can believe that. I mean, I know that seems like a high number, but it, that, I, that totally resonates with what I'm seeing in my own work with people. Well, when I started asking questions about how that happened, it's, it's that 
a lot of um, souls were in some kind of agreement to to go through a it's not a cleansing that's not the right word but there's a there's a galactic harmonic that's that was set to that uh, 26 sag and for those that could walk through it it was like their karma was erased done with done no history of it ever again <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's when that started happening with because they had made agreements ahead of time, and then when this when this opportunity came up for everything to be erased, a lot of them took it, and that meant they didn't have to come to the planet at all. Wow, that makes a lot of sense too. Because I've had people that identify as star seeds. I, I love this. You're so you have so much great information, Lavendar. Thank you. Where they actually would just go, you know, something happened, and I just I just feel like I don't have to do that anymore. And people are trying to rope me into that, and you know, I'm just not doing it. <laughs> and it was great, and it was like no, you know, not angry, not bitter, just just very clear, very uh, in a nice, detached, loving, you know, loving detachment, of course, which is the goal. So yeah, I mean, that's such that's really cool to have an explanation for that because I've seen that so much. Um, let, with, let me tell you about Part B of that. I'm yeah. finding that a lot of people that chose their mothers wasn't based on karma or anything they had to work out with them. They just wanted the body. They just wanted the bloodline. They wanted mm-hmm. those harmonics if there were a lot of starseed uh, uh, frequencies in their astrological chart. They wanted that because they weren't going to come unless they had it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really have any connection with the family at all. Yeah. Exactly. You know, what's interesting is one of the things I personally identified with that Dolores Cannon said in one of her books was that there's a starseed parent that often will leave through death or divorce. My father died when I was three years old and I had an astral connection with him that I still have. And I didn't connect with him. My first, you know, experience with him on the astral when I was about 18 and I was really kind of lost and getting into some not great stuff. And he showed up and was like, I love you. You don't have to do that. And that changed my whole life from that moment. Um, But I thought that was really interesting, too, because I always knew that he and I were the same. Um, you know, especially his work, and he would be considered, you know, a medical intuitive. For example, he'd be at the hospital before the patient even got there. There's a lot of stories about that, about my dad. <laughs> and, of course, this is back when, you know, they didn't know what to call that. They just kind of thought it was a little odd or whatever. Um, so I think that that makes sense. I mean, that people just kind of wanted a vehicle to get here, you right. know, and, yeah. The other thing that I have discovered is when a person crosses over, on their on their death date, they there's a three day window when they can come back and visit um, places or people, regardless mm-hmm. if they're in another body. Yep, exactly. There's exactly. the birth date and the death date. Those are mm-hmm. three days on each side that that can happen. Mm-hmm. So just remember I've, that about your dad, okay? Yeah, that that and it's interesting. That makes sense because some of the medium work that I've done, um, starting with uh, Robin Williams and his passing, he's I really owe a lot to Robin because he's the one that really opened up the door for me. And he visited the day that he passed and visited several of, of front, friends of mine that are mediums and some uh, some other beings that have passed and some you know I never I don't consider myself a celebrity medium or anything like that but these are some some of these beings I've had soul connections with which is why they showed up and yeah that was what I was told was that also and I've seen that that the three there's the 3 day window 
And I've seen that with people in my own life that I knew personally when they passed. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced a lot of it, a lot of it in the last few years. Well, I see what time it is, and I'm, um, I know that we're going to probably cut this short tonight because of the election and, and people that are anxious to start seeing what's happening. So at this time, I'd like to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle, and, and see if there's anyone on the switchboard that, that has a comment or a question for you. So, Irma, you stay connected with us, honey. We we love you. We want you to come back on our show. Whenever you have anything that you want to announce, feel free to, to you send are me an fantastic. email. And I'll, I'll certainly love you. you. Thank you so much, Lavendar. Thank you, honey. Back to you, Arielle. Okay. Well, um, hello. Before we, hello, it's Arielle. <laughs> um, if anyone has a question or comment for Irma, if you're already on the switchboard, then all you need to do is press 1 so we know you want to come on the air. And if you're listening on your computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1. And uh, we'll get you with Irma if you would just do that. So um, while we're waiting to see if we have any questions, uh, I just want to say uh, that it was a pleasure to uh, to do your chart reading for you, and um, yeah, it just it fits so well, and I love to see um, when a person is in their natural state, and you chose your chart very well for what you're doing. It just it fits like a glove. It, you know it does, and you, you, I have to just say, a beautiful reading again, very so masterful, and a, a lot of subtle. And as you know, because I have studied my chart, but again, I not from that a particular you know a star seed perspective. So it was, it's really cool to have somebody read your chart and and have you have it be really enlightening because I've looked at it a lot of times, but not particularly you know through that those eyes. So thank you again. I mean the the. Um, Information, like said, you know, the Galactic uh, Center information, uh, the Jesus and Mary Magdalene information resonated very, very strongly. Um, it, it all did, you know, really. But, um, yeah, I've encouraged a lot of people to <laughs> to get that, that reading. Because, <laughs> well, thank um, you. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. Well, you're, you're quite welcome, but it's, it's really a testament to Lavendar's work um, because – I've never done regular astrology. I've only done star seed. So, oh um, wow, okay, yeah. So, when I look at a chart, that's I mean, I, that's the only way I can interpret it. But, um, and I just love when when people um, contact me later and and say, you know, oh, this is you know, yes, I do that, or I'm I'm very much involved with that, and it's right there in their chart, and it's just um, it's very gratifying. And as I said, it's it's just. Uh, Re- reaffirming the the validity of of the information that was given to Lavendar. So you know, um, that's that's very cool. I wanted to share one thing yeah. with you about that. Was you had there was a part in the reading, and I'm sharing this because this applies to a, a much bigger group of people. Where you had mentioned about how I could um, my energy can kind of serve as a silent. I, I can't remember what you called it. It was very Scorpio. It was like the secret, you know, the secret <laughs> on the de- yeah, secret agent. That's right. Like on the download, you know. Agent. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. And and I thought, you know, about that activate being an activator because the keepers have used that word activator, and they've also used terms like light anchor and and so forth. And that what the way you described that was exactly the way the keepers have described described beings that are activators, where they can go to a place 
and really influence the energy there and just leave and, you know, do it very in a very stealthy kind of way, in a very secret yeah. way, right? And then the whole thing is like completely changed and people are like, whoa, what was that about? And you even use the great, you know, description of someone could be next to you or behind, behind you in the line in the grocery store. And if they're, you know, if everything's in alignment for that to happen, that'll happen. And really that has definitely been the case. And also with a lot of my own Starseed folks that I work with, they, they are activators. They're affecting other people that way. So the fact that you have a, a significator of that in the chart, to me, is totally cool, completely fascinating. Um, it, it's really neat how these two, how it all intersects. You know what I mean? Like how our work beautifully intersects together. And I so appreciate that. So thank you again. Oh. Well, you're so welcome, and and yeah, you've got that, you've got that um, that marking for your rising sign, mm-hmm. which is very prominent and very mm-hmm. prominent. I mean, uh, just when you go out into the world or when you walk into a room, um, it's very strong um, effect on people, on certain people. Yeah, that wasn't so, that um, fun as yeah. a kid. <laughs> <laughs> people are like who's that weird kid <laughs> right yeah. well we've all heard that we've yeah, all we heard that um, yeah you know? i just sure. i didn't i didn't identify with anybody in high school you know there were cliques and groups and there was the you know the jocks and the and mm-hmm. the cheerleaders and then the nerds and the I, I guess i was more more one of the nerds at that time um but i, just I was really didn't too they were great with, people with the social yeah. groups yeah, they were great people. The nerds were were the best people. That, that's who I hung out with, and I hung out with yeah. the dra- with the drama nerds because and they had the best parties. <laughs> uh, well, we have we have our first caller ready to go okay. here. On that note, and, hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to be uh, talking to Michael here. Just let me get your mic open. Okay. All right, Michael, you are on the air with Irma Kay. Hi, Irma. Hi, Ariel. How are you doing? Hi, Michael. Good. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, so you mentioned something about miasmas, and it just resonated with me because I've had quite a bit of family trauma, you know, from my own upbringing, and I'm aware of quite a bit of trauma in both my mother and father's upbringing. Mm-hmm. And... I'm actually going to this uh, upcoming crystal quest, and um, I've been running into a lot of resistance. I feel a, a really powerful pull to attend, um, and I've just had a lot of resistance. Um, um, and so, yeah, I just I'm wondering if that's something that's at play in my uh, my energy field because I've just done a lot of work on this and continue having these things that just were my psych and my physicality just I, I, I it's been a challenge to sort of break free from what feels like something of a miasma so when is, um, when is the quest that you're going on when is the, the crystal quest that you're referring to when next, is that I think it's like to it's, uh, a week from Friday 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, good. On, oh, on I'm glad. That's lineup. right. You guys go in that when those uh, during those degrees. Um, well, actually, I'm so glad you're going. And of course, you couldn't be going with with a better group. Um, yeah, I just got that. Um, you know, this is kind of a. I'm glad you brought that up. And this is kind of a general thing for a lot of people. Um, I just got something about we're in a nine year, you know, which is the ending of a cycle. And this has been so big um, because it's, it, you know, so many, so much karmic stuff is ending. So a lot of, I've been hearing from a lot of people and I've seen this in my own life where old patterns are coming up and it's like, Oh, are you kidding me? It's that stuff again. Like really, <laughs> you know? And I feel like I finally got some clarity from guidance about that is I feel like if this resistance, even though it's a pain in the butt, and it doesn't feel good. I feel like it's part of the ending of this energy. And I feel like, I am so thrilled you're going to that, first of all. Scorpio season, you know, we're in such a powerful, transformative time right now. We're going to be in that beautiful stargate that's going to open on the 11-11. It's going to continue through the rest of the month. So really, I think that um, even if it feels icky in a way, it's kind of on par, if that makes sense. That's what I got about that. And that you're, you're really not alone about that resistance because that's, that's going around. <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's one of those things that you have to just, we need to breathe through it and know that it's part of this energy that's working through. So I hope that helps a little bit. It, it does tremendously. Thank you. Because that's kind of what I keep returning to. Like when I'm just in the middle of it, I'm just thinking, I just keep the, the, the feeling and the thought that like, just, just hang in there, you know, hang in there. Yes. And, you know, this is just part of the process, kind of. It so is. It's kind of, that's, that's very, yeah, the fact that that was what you felt, and that's kind of what arises in me, um, uh, that, that means something. So that's, that's cool. I did yeah. get another little message for you that um, guidance is really wanting you to be very loving to yourself, and you have done tremendous work that's been difficult work. And, um, and you have done it. And as you know, whenever you do this ancestral work, it affects your past, present and your future. You know, it, it affects all aspects of the timeline, right? So you're doing Mm -hmm. big. And so that, that's really good knowledge to to hold as you walk into this, um, wonderful adventure you're going to have. You know what I mean? Is knowing that you're, that you're positively impacting the, the, uh, the timeline and not just for yourself, but for other, other loved ones as well. And that's a big deal. So really, you know, you get it, you get a gold star <laughs> for that, <laughs> and um, and you know, not in a haughty way, but just in a really kind of cool, self-loving way. That you know, this work, it, I know this work is difficult. I've done it myself, and that um, you know, just to kind of revel in that, you know, just to revel in the fact that you've done a lot of work, and that um, you're breathing through some hard stuff, and you know, you're sticking with it, which is the important thing, because people do get frustrated and give up, and I can't say. I blame them because parts of the journey can get very very tough but um yeah that was the message is just you know like bravo keep rocking it my friend (laughs) okay thank you thank you you're welcome that's really helpful too that what you just added because i i actually had a session with a, a person who presented um a few weeks ago and and she one of the things she stressed to me was boundaries and I was telling her how just in my nature, like, I just, I want to be helping people. And I'm, it can be frustrating when I have to, like, turn my, my energy to myself and my own healing. Um, but what you've shared with me is that 
in just taking care of myself that I'm still helping in that regard in terms of uplifting in, in another way, so to speak, not directly Absolutely. helping the physical, so to speak, but helping the, the metaphysical uh, to rise and to strengthen. And that's, as we know, where it really originates. So it would be more powerful anyway. So the big gift. Absolutely. Oh, sure. That's that, Those are all really good points. Boundaries are, you know, I work with a lot of people that are empathic and, you know, boundaries were a challenge for me as well. It's like, that's a very real, real thing. And like, you know, I'm glad that I've lived long enough that I could actually see that sometimes like my teacher used to say, sometimes you have to put yourself first in your own life and be perceived as being selfish, but actually you are being selfish and you're being in service of the self with the big capital S. And then that mm-hmm. is, of course, the cup that all the bounty is going to flow from and is going to eventually bless everybody. So there's times when people won't understand the process, and that's okay, too. You know, that's just where people are at. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's, again, this is, all, this is all really good stuff. I'm really glad that you're on this path. Well, thank you. I, I, this is a little, this is self-serving, obviously, the, the call, but I really appreciate the help and that it was uh, I got a lot, a lot out of um, what you shared today. So thank you oh, very much. Oh, my pleasure. Namaste. Thank, thank you. Thank you, for Ariel. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome, Michael. Thanks for calling. I look forward to seeing you soon. And have fun on the trip. It's going to be amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> right around the corner. Yeah. yeah it will be life changing. Right, well, yeah. yeah. I know. I <laughs> yeah. just. <laughs> I'm trying to well, just keep a level head as it gets closer. <laughs> Yeah, you know, okay. just just remember to breathe, keep yourself grounded, and yes. whatever whatever comes your way, you know, you might have to lean one way or the other to to you know not have the pie hit you in the face, but <laughs> just you know, you just you just keep you just keep your eyes on the goal, and um, you know, on that point, and and Irma, uh, let me ask you about this. I was hearing from a, a lot of people in, in you know, talking and um, and in my own life and in friends' lives that there was there was some really really tough energies, um, a planetary energies that stirred up a lot of stuff, and um, I, I think that you know 2016 has been a hard year for a lot of people, um, but it's it's kind of like what Lavendar said at the beginning. Um, it's so that they can see who's still standing and who who's lying down because you know it's it's like we need the best of the best to you know carry the torch and the light and and move forward so no matter which way the wind blows michael just you know f- flow with it keep your eyes on the goal and um you know never yield absolutely when it comes to your to 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 your objectives yeah well, I'll tell you that's I'm a Sagittarius as well, and so definitely been uh, that that will that we have is uh, has been an asset for sure. So yeah, it's good. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes, <laughs> you're so welcome. I, and thanks thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you for calling in. I do have some quick thoughts on that, Ariel, on um on the tough energy, if I could share. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love what she said about, you know, who's standing, like you said, who's, who's standing and who's not, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, she's got such a great way of putting things. It's, you know, it's very sad. It's very clean and to the point. 
you know, this year we had the Saturn Neptune square that we've been dancing with off and on for over six months. It would, you know, it would come in contact and, and be more direct and then it would move, move apart. And I was thinking about what those two planets mean because right. Neptune is inspiration and all that great stuff cosmically and otherwise, but it's also illusion, right? It's also illusion, delusion, confusion, all those kind of words, right? And then you've got Saturn, you know, discipline, taskmaster, you know, it's my ruling planet. So that energy doesn't scare me as much as some other people, but it's certainly not a day at the beach. It's not fun. Whereas, you know, Neptune's like, oh, let's just go put our rose colored glasses on. And so those, obviously, when you get those coming to a head, it's very tough and it feels very, you know, again, disillusioning, you know, and again, I I feel like I've described this Scorpio season as ripping the masks off people, places and things more than anything. I mean, that has been so fierce, the the demasking thing that's been going on. So I know it's sometimes it's hard to see the benefit and the beauty of that because that can be painful and even just ugly, you know, but I think that um, this ties into perfectly to what Lavendar said about, you know, having the best of the best and things that are not meant for us. um, You know, we need to bless and release them. I mean, there's been a lot of things and that ties into the nine. Like if it's not for us, then we need to move, you know, lovingly move it on down the road. You know, that's kind of what's Mm -hmm. been happening. So, yeah, I just want to comment on that because I've been hearing that from a lot of people this whole year, like, What's going on with like the disillusionment and how, you know, it's just, it hasn't really been fun, but I feel like now we're, we're getting into the really juicy fun part. And when you guys are going to be on your trip, you're going to have such a great, you know, that's, I love Scorpio season anyway, for obvious reasons, but um, you know, the real high aspect of this energy, the Phoenix, you know, the transformation that, you know, the rising from the ashes, like, and, and all of that great stuff. Um, we're looking at that. We're coming into that. And so that's really what I'm, you know, I think a lot of star seeds are really feeling is this excitement, this kind of this transformation, you know what it feels like? It feels like the fruit of people's labors, you know, that's kind of what I've been hearing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's about time. Thank you. (laughs) It's like, I won't get into day late dollar short thinking. I will just be grateful. (laughs) That was my right. challenge there for a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, um, Michael, I hope this has been helpful for you. And uh, I'm so looking forward to meeting you next week. So um, you just take care and, and keep your keep your feet solidly on the ground. Absolutely. Blessings, Michael. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You, you too. And um, have a nice rest of the week. And thank you again. You're okay. welcome. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Do we have anybody bye-bye. anybody else on the board? Um yeah, yes, we have we have one more. Um but I just I just wanted to um make a comment and yes with the with the you know, Saturn and, and Neptune. Uh while you were talking I kind of got the, the the feeling that um of an analogy where it's like you know you've got to clean out the garage or the basement or the closet, and you keep putting it off and putting it off, and then you finally get in there and <laughs> yeah. you do it. You know, it's no fun. It's it's tedious. But, boy, when you're done, the feeling of accomplishment and, you know, clearing. Yes, it's so, great analogy. It's so, it is so um, um, uplifting 
Even it though is. It was no fun when you're actually in there with all the the dust and the dirt. But all the dust bunnies and the great. spiders, and you know, I love that too <laughs> yeah. because that's such a great analogy. Because also, I recently did this, so that's another great analogy. As I gave a big car trunk load of stuff to the um, you know the charity here in town, you know, to donate. And of course, when feng shui, you know, when you get you're you're creating a space for for more energy. So I think that's part of the the satisfaction you feel too when you clean out the garage, right? <laughs> As you're like, oh, right. I'm moving this stuff down the road. I've got more space right. in here now, and it just um, it just feels better all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And you might even find something that you forgot that you wanted. <laughs> you know what? That is, I wrote about that. I was joking, and I said it's like free shopping in your own house. That's how I described it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Isn't that great? I mean, I found some really amazing things, like wonderful tools and books and some crystals and things that I was like, I really wondered where that was. So yeah, yay for free shopping oh, yeah. in your own house. Yeah, yay. sure. I found a box. I found a box of crystals that I had forgotten that I'd packed up when I when I moved years and years and years ago. I haven't seen these crystals for probably 20 years. See, that's and exactly I, what finally, I mean. I know. I finally cleaned yeah. out the storage, and it's like. Oh, oh, my crystals! So yeah, my babies! Yay! <laughs> yeah, there there might be some unexpected, uh, pleasant surprises even while you're in the midst of uh, of a tedious chore. But let's get to the next caller here, and um, we have Beth online. Hi, Beth. You're Hi, on the Irma. air with Irma. Hi, Beth. So this is this is Beth from the Vibe Tribe. So, oh, um, hello. Yeah, hello. Um, so I wanted to call and just thank you for all the work you do. Um, oh, you're, you. you are a, a lovely asset to have um, contact with and have in my life, and I really appreciate how much you give and how much you help us to give when, oh, when somebody thank needs. you. Beautiful. It's, it's Namaste. Really it's, it's wonderful to be able to share that. Um, with such a coherent and loving and compassionate group. Um, on a personal note, uh, well, it's both personal and um, universal. This has been a year of letting go of a tremendous amount. Um, Indeed. You know, family relationships have had to um, really change a lot. Um, I've had to, you know, let a lot of stuff go. Um, and as we're moving into this new sense, and it, I really today felt like for the first time in a long time there wasn't a huge cloud sitting on everything. Um, and I'm wondering what your take is on the, the possibilities of us actually moving forward as a, as a species to becoming more of what, what we can really do with ourselves, how we can really forge a community of compassion and uh, fulfillment. And on a personal level, am I going to be single forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't answer that here. You could talk to me about that privately. Yeah. Um, but I, as far as your, your bigger question, and, and thank yeah. you so much for the kind words. I, I really appreciate you being part of the community. I really take that into my heart. Thank you so much. Um, the other question, it's a, fan, it's a fantastic question. 
And um, it's kind of something I thought I wanted to put out there. So I'm really glad you asked it. Um, you know, I'm, this is the time of year I start formulating my year end report. Um, the, the joke was I was either going to write 10,000 words on 2016 yeah. or I was going to write one word and it was just going to be, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still might do that as a joke. Like have a cosmic weather, you know, you're in wrap up and then just have it say, whoa. And then just like, of course, have that not be the real report. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. But um, anyway, (laughs) because that kind of has been the general vibe. But I feel like when I find, you know, this is the time of year, like I said, I start tuning in actually more in Sagittarius, which would be next month. But um, it's, it's starting to come over the horizon now. So I'm, it's starting to formulate a little bit now. I really feel like next year being a one vibration, it's very exciting and it's brand new, but it's always like a little shaky. You know, it's, we, we have, the way it's been described to me is, is aptly described as we haven't got our sea legs yet, so to speak. So we're kind of like in this new place and it's cool. So there's a little bit of, you know, anxiety or trepidation, but it's, it's definitely exciting and fun and fresh and new. So that's what the vibe is for 2017. This is, this also ties into why I feel like the ending material has been so severe and so final because spirit's giving us an opportunity. Like you really don't want to, do you really want to rock that another nine year cycle? Uh, no, you don't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You carried that stuff long enough. And so that's the thing I've seen in my own life. I've seen in many other people's lives in the community and also professionally people I work with. So um, I feel like, yes, I feel like we are coming together in a really cohesive way. I mean, as you know, this, very bizarre election in the midst of all of this negativity. Um, there's been such incredible, you know, activism with the people, a shout out to all my brothers and sisters for the no DAPL that are down there that are really, that, you know, I really want to acknowledge them right now. Um, they have had my full support and spirit. Um, I've been financially supporting. I encourage everybody that just on a little side note, that if this is an issue that calls to you, that really touches your heart, like you could, even if it's donating a dollar or saying a prayer or whatever you want to do about this, it it is helping. It is having an an impact for people that are following that, how that story is unfolding. So just kind of wanted to put that out there. That's a very important issue, of course, for our planet. Um, but again, back to this. So, yeah, I feel like it, it's, you know, looking at the energy and looking at just what I know about the numerology, um, you know, I feel like it is going to be, like I said, a little bit shaky, but exciting. And um, that the first the first part of the year is always like kind of processing a little bit of the old until we hit the Chinese New Year. Um, I'm going to, yeah. of course, go go really deeply into this at my forecast, which is going to be January 9th for anybody that wants to attend that. That information, of course, is on my website. And um, Interbalance, is, the lovelies of Interbalance is gonna, are going to host that again. Um, so, yeah, kind of a long, long answer to your question. But um, I really am seeing some beautiful cohesion coming through. And, all kind, and you know what's cool, too, is I'm seeing kind of cross communities, which is what this is the issue that's always bugged me between you and me (laughs) is like, okay, there's all these great light worker groups 
and there's beautiful people in these groups, but they're all kind of weirdly exclusionary. Like, why can't we kind of get it all together in a bigger way? And I know that that you're talking about that too, Beth, because that's yeah. where you're, that's where you're hanging out. And I get that. That's part of the reason why you're, you know, hanging out with our group. So I feel like the, one of the beautiful things about the you no know, DAPL is all kinds of groups have come together to support this cause. All kinds yeah. of light worker groups, whether they are Buddhist, whether they are Native American, whether they are light, straight light worker groups, whether, you know, all these different people and we're united for one cause. So really, I think that that's been kind of a, there's a lot of higher purpose going on with that group. There's a lot of, la- I mean, with that issue, you know, there's a lot yeah. of layers going on, but um, they, Spirit's shown me a lot, but uh, you know, that's to answer your question. I think that that's, we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see more cohesion. And um, as you know, I completely encourage it in my own work. And yeah. I, um, and I do know a lot of people that would be vibe tribe. You know, I call my little group, the vibe tribe. And they would be vibe tribe leaders in their own way. So, yeah, I think that what the beauty of people getting clear with their own stuff, so to speak, is people are a lot freer to not get into some of that ego nonsense of like who's in charge and, you know, like just dropping a lot of that stuff that's just 3D yeah. and not necessary and like, okay, let's just get together and do this thing. You know what I mean? And, and like, that's totally where you hang out, which I love that about you. But, you know, as you know, that's a challenge in all kinds of spiritual groups is that kind of dumb, weird one-upmanship. And so I'm seeing a lot of that fall away, and that's beautiful. So thank you for your question. It's a great question. That's something that we can really, really be grateful to the nine for, (laughs) letting some of that stuff go. For sure. Uh, Big time. Yeah, it kind of feels like we're um, the what I see when I look at the new year is a lot more like it feels like you know how um, as a mom yeah I you watch kids grow and when they're first starting to walk they're really enthusiastic but they're not real good at it you know right and that's kind of what I'm feeling and until we get into the Chinese New Year and and really can solidify some of this. That's a good analogy because you're right. It's like they're excited and they might fall down and get a little bruise on their knee, but then they just get up and keep going, you know? Yeah. 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 So there's really this sense that we are moving forward. Agree. I I believe so. It's definitely a big, big part of that when you see the energy that's coming from, you know, all around the world. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. And this has been... Oh, thank you so much for calling in. And thank you for being you. <laughs> Namaste. Yeah, it's, great to, it's great to actually chat. You know? It is. <laughs> Let's do it again. Off the radio Let's sometime, anytime. Okay. Okay. Much great. love. Blessings. Much love. Namaste. Namaste. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, thank you. Beth. Bye-bye. Wow, some so, great calls um, tonight. So much fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have We have time for one more question. And this okay. is coming from um, one of our switchboard hosts, uh, Vanya. So let me okay. get your mic open, sweetie. All right, Vanya, you're on the air with Irma. Hello, Irma Kay. How are you? Hi, Vanya. You have such a lovely voice. I oh, just wanted to you. tell you that. You're a great. Thank you so much. Uh, that's great that when people call in, they can hear your voice. I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You are so full of light and love and bubbliness and information. It's such a joy to listen to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. 
<laughs> mutual admiration society. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I love being on the show. I, I'm just so honored to be back. These women, well, you know, I'm, I'm yes. a kind of a super fan. I admit yeah. it. I admit it, Arielle, I'm a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, okay right? <laughs> So um, what's, your, what's your question, my friend? My question to you, my dear, is um, how do you suggest any way for us regular folk um, how to uh, basically connect with the Akashic Records to pull information for ourselves and empower ourselves in a way? Instead well, of, um, first of all, I'd invite you to take my class. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, what... What I could suggest, if you, without doing the formal training, mm-hmm. is um, there there are some meditations that you can do. Um, there is an activation that I offer that you can um, actually tune yourself to the vibration because the main. This is a good question. Thank you. The main key key that opens the door because in the acoustic there's a lot there's a lot of imagery of keys and doors that mm-hmm. Casey gave me when I first started doing that work with like kind of cool looking skeleton keys and I actually have a skeleton key on the cover of one of my books because that was what I kept seeing so what what the main key for the Akashic is is to get your vibration to 5d and higher so if you it really is about refining your own personal vibration and there's a lot of ways to do that as you know there's a lot of great information out there and it can be everything from diet to meditation I mean I'm a person that doesn't think you have to be well I like food probably a little too much anyway but um (laughs) which is another thing but I'm not one of these people that's like really rigid with my own diet but it's it's all of these things you know together like as far as if you know that for me if it's too much sugar that weirds me out lowers my vibration um I think for especially sensitive people um I do media fast I do um you know I go I go offline regularly these Mm -hmm. are all kind of ways you know that I take care of my own being energetically so Mm -hmm. that I would say you know play you know be be very kind and be very careful with your own vibration because basically the the key base camp as I call it in the Akashics is that it used to be at the fifth. I still think it's probably about the fifth dimension, but as I spoke about in the last time I was on the show, there's not such a big gap between, for example, 3d and 5d because the world in general has moved up a notch and we're more kind of like rocking at a 4d level. So th- that being said, in the past, like when Casey was re- reading the records, he had to get his vibe really high because mm-hmm. the, the earth, you know, was not at the vibration that it is now. So mm-hmm. this is in support for anybody that wants to do higher spiritual work is, you know, bless all our brothers and sisters and all these people that, that have kind of closed the gap. You know, we don't have to go as far, mm-hmm. but that being said, um, I would just, and also work with guidance, ask. You know, ask, ask your, um, everybody's got, um, Akashic wisdom keepers. Everybody has guardian angels, right. And, um, in meditation, ask them to assist you and to come forward and, and to guide you into the records. And, um, there, there's also, you know, some more information out there about there's books and things like that, but there's also important things about wording questions. 
uh, to not, you don't go in there with looky, what I call looky loo questions. The keepers, you know, they're not real, real crazy about that. What famous person was I in my last life? Not that I think you'd ask that, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. That's an example of a looky loo question. A good question to ask is what is this situation teaching me? Or say you have a difficult relationship mm-hmm. with a family member or a boss. You know, what is, what is the karmic implication here? What am I learning here? What can you show me about this situation? See, that's mm-hmm. the kind of question to take to the Akashic Records, okay? Does that help? It does, yes, very much. Okay, so. good, good. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Those are great tips. Um, if, just, if I have a second, I'm just going to ask sure. one more quick question. Sure. Um, in the year of the nine, being that the year of completion, and I have been running across a lot of people this year who are either ending relationships or starting relationships. Mm-hmm. What kind of tip do you have or recommendation for those that are stumbling upon people in their lives that um, definitely have been around before, but um, it's more of a positive vibration. Everything's going great, but you're wondering why it's coming in a conclusion year. That's a good question. And, um, you know, that I, it's interesting. I'm actually glad to hear that that's happening <laughs> because it just, I haven't heard a lot of that, to be honest with you. Um, I really have been coaching and counseling a lot of breakups this year. For me personally, mm. this has been major breakup year. And not only has it been major breakup year, as you probably know, a lot of people have chosen the exit window and actually left the planet this year. So there's mm-hmm. been a lot of grief too. There's, you know, there's been a lot of process in grief because people leaving but I think that it's you know just because you meet someone in a nine-year um it you know it certainly doesn't mean that it's doomed I think that of course it's always good to look at the astrology of that person you know do a sinistry Mm -hmm. look at where your Mm -hmm. Mars and your Venus are for example that's very important um Mm -hmm. because there's going to be some of course some people are here and it's all hot and heavy and there's not a longevity aspect to it and maybe it's not even hot and heavy maybe it's just beautiful but Mm short-lived but then there's going to be other like sun moon aspects there's going to be other aspects that indicate more um, uh, longevity in a relationship so Mm -hmm. i would recommend i always recommend people get a sinistry about anybody that they're really seriously interested in because Mm -hmm. um especially well especially if they're not really getting a lot of their own intuitive hits and even if they are, I think it's good because then it kind of backs up, you know, a lot of times it'll just validate what people are already getting mm-hmm. intuitively. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, right. oh, well, there it is. There it is, like right there in black and white. So mm-hmm. um, that's a good question because, like I said, I'm actually really happy that people are getting together. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I, love I marry people. I'm a wedding <laughs> officiant. So it's like, and I did some really beautiful weddings this year, too. So mm-hmm. um you know, that, that it's been such an interesting year. It's like these, these weddings were just, um, were such powerful medicine for me personally and everybody there, because I think in a way, you know, to have love and, and, and new love, new love, and also like to actually be married in a nine year, I don't know. It just kind of gives a beautiful hope because there has been so much leaving, you know, in general. So exactly. I, I'm, grateful you know I was so grateful for the opportunity to share in these people's beautiful wedding days you know it was really like a big shot in the arm for me personally mm-hmm. you know because then on the other hand in my counseling practice it's like everybody's getting a divorce or breaking <laughs> well not everybody but a lot of people are splitting up so I mean mm-hmm. I think that um I think next year we'll have even more you know people coming together in the one because again it's brand new 
But um, also another thing to, to keep in mind, the, the vibration of the one is already here now. It, and it always comes in at about the fall of, of the year. So the, the nine, uh, the one, I should say, excuse me, really started coming in in October last month. Okay. 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 So if that mm-hmm. helps a little bit with that. <laughs> with you, it's I would look a general at... question. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it's just a general question. <laughs> it wasn't me, baby. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't for you? No, 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 no. Oh, Okay. Well, no, I hope no, that no. helps anybody that was wondering about that, because I think it's a good question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Great news. In, in the year of delusion and confusion, not everything has to be delusion and confusion. Indeed. Yeah. I know, really. <laughs> Yay, clarity. <laughs> I know, it's a good thing. And as far, I would encourage, really, on the other hand, anybody that's interested in, in the Akashic to um, seek some training. I mean, it doesn't have to be with me. There's a lot of really good instructors out there, but um, the training is really powerful, and it really is good to have some, I mean, it meant everything to me. I love the training. Um, I love teaching mm-hmm. people to work, and I love learning the work, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there, too, but um, it's, it's really good to, to be with a guide or facilitator that kind of knows what they're doing. I think that helps a lot as far as that, that question. I agree. Just to add that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. Absolutely. Professionals who know what they're doing is always a good thing. Definitely. Especially with spiritual work of that nature. It's very, it's very high vibe. And, um, you know, there's, there's certain kind of signposts and things. And, you know, I just think it's good because you can kind of touch in and, um, you know, I, I think any of that stuff, Reiki or, you know, energy work, it's just really good to have, have coaching because it's like anything, it's really a a remembering, you know, a a lot of times what you're doing is you're facilitating for somebody, their own process and remembering the work. And then it's really cool because you can see these people light up and they get, well, once people get their own intimate relationship with their own Akashic wisdom keepers, because everyone has them, that's when they can just kind of, you can, you know, they can just kind of take off on their own. Um, Cause that's, that's really the job of a, of a good facilitator is to get somebody very confident in their own connection. And that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Do you do it online or do you do it in class format? I do um, my classes. I do teleclasses where we have meetings on the phone. I've been getting back to in-person classes this year okay. at my home in the high desert. So I actually do both. Wonderful. And then next year, like I said, I've been invited. Um, I'm going to be teaching some live classes in upstate New York and in uh, Buffalo, New York. That's not going to be mm-hmm. till next fall. But um, so, yeah, to answer your question, thank you. I do both. I do online. Well, they're actually teleclasses. And then I actually do in person as well. And I'll go and, you know, travel if I get some folks. If they want to host me, I could do that as well. Wonderful. Excellent. Good news. Yay. <laughs> I know I'm traveling again. I'm excited. <laughs> I like traveling. So that'll be fun for me. Definitely. Well, thank well, you so much questions. for answering my questions. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for asking it. And thanks for your service on the on the switchboard. Yay. Oh, oh we, we need that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Vanya and Fiona are very dedicated and very very cool. <laughs> Excuse me, very cool star seeds in, in in addition to that. So, um thanks for the question, Vanya, and uh, is thank that you. That covers it for you? That, oh, gosh, yeah. I, okay. just, I was just adding okay. to the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I will, uh, I'll talk to you a little bit later, Vanya. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Vanya.
So we're probably running out of time, my so, friend, right? We're getting um, to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to, to say that I think that that was really, really good um, advice because you have to, when, you're, when you are um, trying to tap into uh, a very high and sacred level, you know, like the Akashic mm-hmm. Records, um, you really, I think, I think it's really good to have um, a teacher, a, a mentor, or someone to make sure that you really are where you think you are. Yes, because absolutely. if you if you get stuck, you know, in the astral plane, um, you could you could have some some tricksters telling you stuff that that isn't true. You know, I'm glad um, you brought that up. I really am because I get these questions every now and then, like people will say like, oh, like just really weird, like misinformation about the records. Like, oh, I've heard people can go in there and mess with them. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, this is a, you're right about it being sacred and protected. It's a very protected realm. It's, you can't, people can't go in there and start doing their nonsense inside the records. It just doesn't happen. So it, you know, but at the same time, um, you're right. I mean, it's really, it is important to know know where you are with any kind of spiritual work. I think that's a really, really good point. You know, whether it be yeah. energy work, Reiki, any kind of intuitive work, which all of these things that I've done. But yeah, I think it's great to, um, and and also another thing too is when you're with a teacher, um, you're with somebody like I've been doing that work now. I figured next year it'll be ten years. I, because I started in 2007, it's like I feel pretty. And, of course, I'm always learning and always growing, too. That's the beauty of that work. It's not static. It's always expanding and changing. But I do feel pretty, you know, quite confident as a, as a you know, a guide for other people, you know, that I can guide people right. within the records, to, you know, especially at a level, level one and two, level, you know, level one and two. Level one is reading your own records. Level two is reading for other people. And, you know, another point, too, is that that's true, is I hear things, you know, with professional readers, there's boundary issues, and I know you know about this. There's people out there doing readings. Just because people can see doesn't mean that they know boundaries or have the proper etiquette or any of that stuff, right? Because we're, especially with the records, you're getting some very potent information for people. This is, you know, highly, can be highly emotionally charged. So I'm, you know, that's a big part of my classes is how to, de- to properly deliver the information because that's just as important as getting the information, you know, I mean, one of the metaphors oh, yeah. I use is, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gun or a feather. You know, I mean, you really can hit people with information in a way that it's not healing and it's actually could be potentially harmful. So I think that's a really important, you know, thing to, to stress, too, you know, in, in the training that I do. Absolutely. And, and the point you made about work on yourself first you know, yes. make sure, you, you know, your body, you're not being subjected to all kinds of external interference, emotional mm-hmm. interference. And, I mean, I, I see so many people who are, they're, they're off balance, they're off track, um, they're kind of being gripped by, by third dimensional um, um, falsehoods. And, and when you're, when you're not able to to work your way through that, you better not be trying to go somewhere that you know that you know you must be at least this tall to ride this ride. You know, <laughs> if you have you know, if you haven't got your Perfect. yeah if yeah. you haven't got your your height yet, um, you know uh, it's like 
master the level that you're on before you try to access the next one. That's perfect. I love that about the ride. Yeah. Just saw, I saw the Disneyland <laughs> sign at Disneyland. It was perfect. And that's part of the reason why I wait. I wait in between the levels. I give people a lot of practice time. You know, I don't rush through levels like some other instructors I hear that, you know, I'm not a crash course kind of person. I don't believe in that at all. I, you know, I really feel that people do need to master the level of training before they go on to the next one. And so that's how I've set up my, my program at Bright Star Intuitive Arts is that these classes, you know, there's time, quite a bit of time and people do need to do homework and do need to practice. And it is a discipline. And um, I lay that all out. You know, people get a little, little note, you know, a letter from me, basically what is expected of them as a student. And if they're, they're going to just kind of take this half seriously, then they're not, they're not right for the program because this work really does require focus and, and people do have to do the homework if they want to be able to be successful right. in it. Right. You know, and you and cannot also, take shortcuts. No, you can't. You can't, and you can't, you can't just go, oh, I have a, yeah, I have a half hour tonight. I'll maybe I'll, you know, do pick this up. It's like people, and that that's the thing too about this work is since it is vibrational work, we all have dips in our vibration. I mean, of course we all do. That's just part of the thing, but that's part of the, the thing of keeping your vibration. This kind of is, I just thought of this ties into what Vanya was, was asking is that when you're, when you're constantly in that vibration, then every time you're there, then, then it, it establishes itself more permanently in your own energy field. Right. So that's another mm-hmm. reason why I, um, I also recommend people attend our monthly events because those are at a certain vibration. Those are great for students because this is all kind of keeping us swimming in this cosmic, <laughs> in the cosmic at a certain level. And it, like I said, again, we're going to have our dips and we're going to have our off days, but we, we do need to kind of keep a certain status quo vibrationally to, to be successful in that work. So, yeah, that's, um, I'm still cracking up about the Disneyland ride. Thank you for that. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Gosh, well, I want to just um, recap a little bit here before we wrap it up. Your website is Irma, I-R-M-A, the letter K, Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R, dot com. And your books, your online courses, your guidance, everything can be um, uh, obtained through your website, correct? That, That is correct. And my books are also available at Amazon. As well. Okay, great, great, yeah, and links for everything else that you're involved in. Everything's right there, so it's one-stop shopping. <laughs> Just yes, go to ermacaysawyer.com, and um, I really encourage our audience to um, take advantage of the the work and the integrity um, of the work that Irma has. So, um, I, I think you can be confident that you will have a good. Um, guide through your journey if you're wanting to um, develop your empathic skills, your, uh, you know, anything that, that Irma teaches, I'm quite sure carries a great deal of um, integrity. So thank you. We're so glad that you've been able to spend this time with us this evening and thank you for your uh, generosity with our callers. Thank you so much, Ariel. Like I said, I'm a super fan. I'm really honored to be here always. <laughs> Thank you so, so well, much. Well, you're always welcome to come back when you got something, uh, you know, new and exciting that you want to share. And do right. have a, a wonderful um, 11-11 and Pleiadian lineup um, starts about a week and about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
everyone take that time to really get centered and focus on um, the inner and the upper and forget about the outer. <laughs> Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. Perfect advice. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Irma. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Namaste. Have a good night, everyone. And we will. Until next week, from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, have a great week, a great Pleiadian lineup. We'll be back um, next Tuesday. The following week, we will be in Arkansas. So we have one more show and then a week off, and then we'll be back. So mark that on your calendar. And until then, remember to count your blessings every day. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 